Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's Foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Now, I've been granted the privilege of once again being part of the media panel that votes on the NBA regular season awards. MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and the All-NBA, All-Rookie, and All-Defensive teams. I don't remember preparing to fill out my ballot with such dread or uncertainty before, And I've done this every year since 1993. I still consider it very much of an honor and am thankful the league has acknowledged my expertise all this time by inviting me to participate. But the pandemic and the impact it has had on the season and covering the NBA has had repercussions in a multitude of places and ways. And this is one of them. Before I get to that, some of the issues or conflicts that have to be sorted out and my thoughts on how I'm going to resolve them, I thought I'd provide you a little bit of insight into what goes on in and around the voting process. You may not, may or may not know, but there are some media outlets that do not look at being a voter as a privilege, but rather an inducement or invitation to be compromised as far as objectivity in covering the league. I don't know them all, but I do know the New York Times is one. So if you're waiting to see the ballot of my friend Mark Stein, you're going to be waiting a long time. He filled one out while he was at ESPN, but uh, the New York Times, which is where he's now, does not allow it. There are also writers who decline of their own volition for a similar reason. Now, 
on one hand, I understand why they may feel that way. And it's not as if teams and agents don't try to sway voters to put their players or coaches on their ballot. So far this year, I've received packages from the Philadelphia 76ers, the Utah Jazz, and a player agent. The Sixers sent these silicone-encased playing cards of Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, and Doc Rivers inside a red silk pouch. The easier to tote them around, I guess, touting them for various awards. I gave the whole thing to my, to my son, who saw them and said, wow, those are cool. Uh, the Utah Jazz sent a zine, a collection of pamphlets, essentially touting the candidacy of Donovan Mitchell for All-NBA, Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year, and, all, and All-NBA, uh, Royce O'Neal for All-Defense, and both Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson for Sixth Man of the Year, which seems a little awkward, if not contradictory. Doesn't one of those guys have to be the seventh man, technically. Also interesting is that no one is mentioned as an MVP candidate by the Jazz. Apparently, the team agrees with me and most of the media that while they may have the best record, they don't have a particular most valuable player. Then again, they are going on the premise that they have two sixth men. So the Jazz clearly are playing by their own rules. And no, my son did not think the zine was uh, nearly as cool as the uh, encased uh, playing cards. Uh, The agent, Daniel Poneman, is the... He's best known as the guy who first discovered Anthony Davis. I believe Daniel was a teenager in Chicago uh, running his own... Uh, scouting service (laughs) literally kind of created his own scouting service and made his name through it he is now a player agent and co-founder of an agency beyond athlete management that reps both NBA and NFL players and one of his clients is Jay Sean Tate a rookie with the Houston Rockets he sent me a package that included a bag of coffee beans made by a Houston roastery now as gracious as that is, and as much of a coffee fiend as I may be, I gave the beans to my daughter, who uh, is as much a coffee uh, fiend, snob, aficionado, whatever you want to. She's got a. She asked for a, an espresso machine for her birthday, and plans to take it with her to college. So that gives you some insight. And she was not. She was not impressed by the beans. I'm just saying. I also received a personal letter from Pacers GM Kevin Pritchard via a Pacers media relations official, which, yes, I found as funny as it sounds. He was making a case, by the way, for Miles Turner as Defensive Player of the Year and All-Defensive Team. I also received a few emails from team media relations departments touting their guys, but that's about it. There used to be far more teams that sent out swag, as I recall, and more useful swag, to be honest. T-shirts or hats or coffee mugs. Maybe they didn't see the desired return or realized that it wasn't really accomplishing anything. But nonetheless, far less stuff coming my way over my transom this time of year than ever before. Now, I find the idea that a coffee mug 
or t-shirt would compromise me as rather amusing. And the idea that voting for a particular player impacts my impartiality as incredibly naive and a bit disingenuous on the part of an editor-in-chief or publisher. I don't know when I first became aware that team owners and newspaper owners or network presidents run in some of the same circles socially and hobnob with each other. But my faith in media corporations took a big hit when I found out while I was going on SportsCenter sharing the latest I was hearing on the summer of LeBron, ESPN executives were negotiating with LeBron and his people to make his announcement at the ESPYs. Hello, ratings. Goodbye, impartiality. Keep in mind, when LeBron planned to make his announcement was something I was trying to dig out from my sources. And I only found all this out about the negotiations and the ESPYs well after the announcement. And I didn't hear it from someone at ESPN. Look, I get that the media business is a business, more so today than ever before. And I don't have a problem with an outlet partnering with an athlete. Lee Montfield, former Boston Globe columnist and now author, told me a story recently about when Bill Russell wrote a guest column for the Globe and got paid a couple hundred dollars to do it. And it was Lee's job to make sure that Bill basically didn't forget. Uh, just don't think that not allowing your NBA person to vote on awards is protecting or upholding your objectivity. Besides, the naive part is to think that relationships don't color everything a reporter or writer does. Of course they do. Maybe not to the point where someone is going to cast a vote for a player, but given the chance to put some shine on an athlete or talk nicely about him on TV, podcast, or radio, there's a good chance that writer or media person will do that. It's human nature. It happens in every walk of life. People do favors for people who do them favors. People treat people nicely when they are nicely treated. If a player gives a writer an exclusive interview, chances are that writer isn't going to be critical of him in that piece, at least not the way he might have if the player had stiffed him or publicly threw shade at him. There's this too. If a player or a team wanted to rig the selection by currying favor or influencing votes, they'd have to do it with a whole host of voters, all of whom would want some sort of exclusivity in the relationship to trash can their credibility and autonomy. And of all the things that I can tell you won't work with the media, providing exclusive access to a multitude of outlets is one of them, for sure. Which brings me to the challenge in filling out my ballot. I have not been to an NBA game this year for the first time in probably 25 years. I actually, well, actually more. Whenever 1993, go back to that. That's how long it's been since I haven't been to a game. I actually attended the last pre-pandemic game, Clippers versus Nets, a year ago March at the Staples Center. And I set myself up to go through all the necessary screening back in January to go to uh, some Warriors games. But when I found out that all interaction with players and coaches is done in a group setting via Zoom and media are not allowed to interact with anyone in person in the building, I just didn't see the point. I could see the game better on my couch on TV and watch 
other games at the same time. My friend and former colleague Howard Beck said he's been to exactly one game this season, the season opener for the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant appearing in their uniform for the first time. The only reason he was there was to write about the oddity of such an event happening with no fans and no interaction among anyone beyond the combatants on the court. And I know he has a vote. The problem is not being around teams and seeing players interact, seeing and hearing the backstories about players beyond the cameras in the court, how they practice, how they interact with their teammates, how dedicated they are to their craft, are things I like to consider when voting for someone. Because those things matter. That's why I'm never that concerned with someone on social media taking issue with something I say or some position I take on a player or a team. Because that person coming at me on social media doesn't know what I know. He or she can't because they don't have the access. Now, I'll share what I know or why what I know has colored my opinion when I can, but in some instances I can't. I know stuff, and so that shapes my opinion, but I'm not at liberty to give you all the down and dirty details of what I know. Um, and sometimes, often, times that behind the scenes information isn't readily apparent to the public sometimes a player will portray portray himself or be perceived as something that's the exact opposite of what he actually is uh, and so i haven't been able to gather that kind of intel this year to the extent that i'd like i can still text and talk via phone to various people in the league who will give me their insight but it's it's often catching a glimpse of someone or something at a game or in a locker room or in the hallway that leads me to asking a question that reveals a whole lot more. I've got people in the league who will tell me what's going on if I ask the right question, but they're not going to go out of their way to volunteer background information or dirt, and I'd probably question their motives if they did. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Then there's the technical challenges of the ballot. LeBron James was a small forward for his entire career until he arrived in L.A., or was at least listed as one, is now listed as a point guard. Even though Dennis Schroeder started every game he played with LeBron this season, and Alex Crusoe, who is often on the floor with LeBron, is also listed as a point guard. Anthony Davis, meanwhile, is listed as a power forward after being listed as a center his last year in New Orleans. If you ever go back and if you look at basketball reference at James Harden, it's hilarious. He goes from point guard to shooting guard, back to point guard. One year he's listed as both point guard, comma, shooting guard. It, he's all over the map. Uh, all, all of that, by the way, matters when it comes to the all-NBA teams because they still go by the antiquated format of two guards, a center, and two forwards on each team, as do, if I'm not mistaken, the all-defensive teams 
and the all-rookie teams. The reason I'm not a thousand percent sure is because the ballot works where you have to fill out each segment before you can get to the next segment. So MVP is the first thing you vote on. I have to go through, go through all of the awards before I can take a look to see if the format on the all NBA, all rookie and all defensive teams is the same as it has been in the past. I haven't heard about any change, so I assume that it is. And I'm just hoping we will get to the point where it's simply the five best players for each team. Um, that may lead to the first team often being identical when it comes to all NBA, uh, the first team being identical to the MVP ballot. Not always, I would say, but uh, because the MVP, MVP ballot also asks for five names, but so be it. Um, positions are so interchangeable and sets run or so equal opportunity with most teams now that we should stop pretending there's a clear delineation between a point guard and a shooting guard or shooting guard and small forward. Hell, LeBron plays center at times or is at least the biggest player on the floor and setting up in the post on offense. Then there's the issue of games missed. And this is a really big issue. And I have not resolved it yet. But so many of the big, the league's top players have missed significant time. Now, if you take off, doesn't matter how much you've played, I'm just taking the five best players, then a lot of these names would be on there without question. But do they deserve to be on there when they haven't played anywhere close to a full season? For example, I don't know if I can put Joel Embiid on my MVP ballot because if he plays in the last two games of the season, he will have appeared in 51 of 72 games. That's just over 70%. Now, that seems to be a little low. On the other hand, Bill Walton won MVP in 1978, appearing in only 58 of 82 games which is also just over 70%. Now, the league gives no direction on minimum number of games played. So, uh, LaMelo Ball for Rookie of the Year. He's also played in, well, he will have played in 51 of 72 if he plays in the Hornets' last few games. I could see a situation where Joel Embiid is not on my MVP ballot, but he does make second team all NBA as a center. I haven't sorted that out quite yet, but that's where kind of betwixt and between when it comes to this. So uh, LeBron is an even more difficult decision when it comes to all NBA. He's, he has played in 43 games. That's not even 60% of 72. James Harden is also at 43. But can I really keep both of them off of all three all nba teams uh and if i because i'm already keeping kevin durant presumably has only played 35 36 last i checked if i keep him i'm going to keep him off entirely averaging what 27 7 and 6 shooting the way that he is simply holding the place that he does among the best players in the league, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill out three All NBA teams and not list LeBron James, James Harden, Kevin Durant, or maybe even Joel Embiid. That just seems strange, not doable. 
and yet where do I draw the line? And if I have to view both Harden and LeBron as guards, can I put either of them on a team ahead of Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons? What do I do with Mr. Triple-Double Russell Westbrook? Can I recognize two players for All-NBA, all NBA, Beal and Russell, on a 32-38 and 38 Wizards team? That's hard to rationalize. But can we say that Westbrook's triple-doubles are hollow and at the same time suggest that Bradley Beal's lead, league-leading scoring is not when they're both leading to more losses than wins? Do I ignore them both for that reason? I don't quite know how I'm going to sort all this out, but I promise you this. I won't look at their averages alone and choose a guy purely because he has the higher averages in the most meaningful categories. I might pick that guy, but that won't be the sole reason. I get the sense way too many votes are cast and ballots are filled out based largely on that method, simply because those are the arguments I hear from some of the voters as to why they did what they did. And I just think that that's a very easy and inaccurate way to decide who really deserves to receive some of these war rewards. Even, even guys down the way on the MVP or the Defensive Player of the Year ballot, which ask for three names. It is worth something to players when they finish second or third. As, as Steph Curry once said to me about MVP, you just want to be in the conversation. That's what matters to guys. They know that there's a lot of political elements to and popularity elements that go to being selected the Defensive Player of the Year or Most Improved Sixth Man MVP. So it's a matter of can they be in the conversation? Uh, there's there's so much that simply voting by statistics doesn't take into account that a phone call or a deeper dive would unveil. Anyway, now you know what I'll be doing this weekend. Wish me luck. And that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. As I have said many times, and I will say many times more, please... Rate and review the show. It matters to our sponsors and to me, quite honestly. I like to know that you guys are willing to take the time to let me know how you feel, however that might be. Now, there's a lot of important games Friday night, but no really great matchups. So the next podcast may be a look at the Miami Heat and whether they have any chance of replicating what they did in the bubble or simply being a team that matters in the Eastern Conference. Or we may talk about something else. And when I say we, I mean me, that pops up between now and when the mic switch is flipped and the on-air light is lit. Until then, as always, thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.